should be intentionally deployed. This is really what we're we're getting to. The tongue should be intentionally deployed. What that means is our words should be used sparingly, but very intentionally. We should deploy our words down a specific road. And what is that road? It's, It's to use our words to build up. It's to use our words to bless. It's to use our words to help people. When the military gets involved in the situation, they come with intention. They have a purpose in being there. They have orders to follow. In today's message, Pastor Daniel explains that the same should be true with your words. They should be used with the intention to be a blessing to the people around you. God wants you to be His hands, feet, and mouth in a world that needs His hope and healing. He wants you to follow His directive to speak the truth in love. Now here's Pastor Daniel in James chapter 3 as he continues his message, Get It Under Control. The tongue is small, but it's powerful. And we know that because we get these three illustrations. We show how influential something that is small can be. Because sometimes we have a tendency to think bigger is always better. And and we start here by realizing that something is, that is small can be very powerful, can be very influential. Because look at what it says. Indeed, verse 3, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we can turn their whole body. So first you have this picture of a horse with a, a bit in its mouth. And even though a horse is huge, bigger than its rider, right? That small bit in their mouth with, with, with everything there, you can move that horse if you know how to ride a horse. You can move that horse wherever you want to. In the same way, not only do we have the bits in the horse's mouth, uh, we also see in verse 4, look also at ships, although they're so large and they can be driven about by the winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. So a, a big boat has a small rudder in the back and, and you know, these ocean liners and a small rudder just turning this rudder can move this huge ship. And then, of course, Another example that you get here in verse 5, it says, see how great a forest a little fire kindles. You know, and, and that's kind of a, a, a horrifying one for us here in the Pacific Northwest, you know, and especially as it's, you know, towards that dry season where all it takes is a little spark of fire. And then, of course, uh, a whole forest can go up in flames. And, you know, we've been having forest fires around the country, but all it takes is a small bit of fire and it can create something huge. And in the same way, the tongue is small, but it's powerful. And so we have to realize that you might think, oh man, I just said what I said. Like, what's the big deal? No, no, your words may not have been many, but they have tremendous influence and they're very powerful. And of course, when, I'm, when I think about this idea of something being small but powerful, I'm reminded of a beautiful prophecy really about Jesus. Micah chapter five, verse two, where it says, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth is from old, from everlasting. 
So the idea is that although Bethlehem was this small town, it was like, it was a nowhere town among the thousands in Judah. In Bethlehem, the Messiah was born. You know, it'd be so easy to think as you think about Jesus, like, you know, when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is born, he's not born in a palace. He's not laid in a, in a, in a gold bassinet with, you know, with down comforters all around. No, he was wrapped in swaddling clothes, which was just ripped up fabric. And, and he was laid in a feeding chair. He was laid in a manger. Right. And so we have to realize that just because something isn't big does not mean it's not powerful. And in that way, our words, our tongue might be small, but it exerts a lot of influence. It's got a lot of power to it. You want to see how it works? Let's keep on going. Pick it up in verse six. It says this. It says, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is also set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Now, what this really teaches us is that the tongue must be tamed. The tongue must be tamed. What that means is that God, by his Holy Spirit, wants all of us to have our words under control. When you, when you think about an animal, I mean, earlier we talked about a horse with, with a bridle. Now, I, I, you know, I'm not a cowboy at all, you know, uh, but you, when you see these amazing stallions, at some point those stallions are wild and then they call, they, they break the horse where now all of a sudden the horse can be ridden. You can put the bit and bridle in his mouth, in his mouth and all these different things. And in a lot of ways, that's the exact picture that God has for us with our words that left us to our own devices. Our words, have all sorts of evil that they can do. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, because of the finished work of Jesus, God wants to do a transformational work in our lives in the area of our words. Right? And so when this, what I just read ends with this fact at verse eight, but no man can tame the tongue. That's true. You and I left up to our own devices cannot tame the tongue, but it doesn't say that God can't tame the tongue. It doesn't mean that God and his power expressed through the Holy Spirit can't do a work in the words that we say. But I think it's important for us to see really how James unpacks this because I think we don't take our words seriously enough. Now, I'm going to talk about this, but, I, but let's just not miss the cultural moment that we're in right now. You know, we're in the midst still of uh, COVID-19 and some of these different things that are going on. There's unrest in the streets of cities. There's, there's, the news is salacious all the time. And what I'm finding is that for many people, because everything is so crazy, people are out of control with their words, right? People are in this way of living that because they see what's going on and because they have feelings about it, now their words are out of control. But if we were just read the book of James, what you really realize is you might have all those feelings, but maybe we shouldn't express those feelings because if God's will is that our words become tamed, really what that means is that we let the Holy Spirit govern our words, govern what we express, why we express it. And for all of us, we have to realize what it says right here, that the tongue is a fire. So, so 
we can, with our words, put a little bit of a spark that could create a whole world of iniquity. Listen, the tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. I mean, it's crazy what he's saying. He's saying, listen, that the words that you use can bring defilement all over you. Maybe you have no issues in any other place, but you, your words and the hurtfulness of those words and the aggression in those words, right? It sets the, it defiles the whole body, it says. It sets on fire the course of nature. Now, I think that's really interesting because he's saying that our words can set on fire the course of nature. So really what it means is that our words have the ability to begin a brush fire that ends up burning everything down. And, and if, we're, if we really think about this, we take a second to step back. We've all had those experiences. Maybe it was us who was speaking or somebody else who was. When something is expressed and it takes on a whole other life of its own, right? Where it's like someone says something, and maybe you're like, I can't believe they said that, or ooh, like I remember growing up where I grew up in New Jersey, people had no problems really expressing themselves. They, They just told you whatever they thought. And I remember there'd be times in class where someone would say something, and I'd be like, oh, this is like a slow train wreck. I can see where this is gonna go. Because once something is expressed, it it starts the fire. It starts rolling. And because we live in a fallen world and because, you know, Jesus, although he is king of kings and lord of lords, the kingdom of God has not covered the earth as the waters has covered the sea where he is reigning sovereignly in every single situation. All it takes is one word and then things start to blow up. And we're seeing this going on all over the place. And then it reminds us, and it is set on fire, it says, by hell. Wow. So you realize that right now our words can be enlivened either by the spirit of God or by hell, depending on the topics that we're choosing to discuss, depending on the tone that we have, right? And and then it says that men, humanity has tamed every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea, but not the tongue yet. So what it's saying is that in humanity's God-given dominion over creation, we can get control over all sorts of things, but humanity's still struggling to get control over their tongue. And if you don't believe me about this, just go on social media, right? Or or, or just look at the comment section on any news article, right? And, And you realize that we're living in a moment where people because they're not being governed by the Holy Spirit, because people are not walking in the Spirit, because people are choosing to walk in the flesh, because people are not taming their words, that all we're doing is creating destruction everywhere. And here's the deal. If you're a born-again follower of Jesus, I realize not everybody is. If you're not, I want you to put your faith and trust in Jesus because that's where you'll find who you really are. You'll get to know God and yourself and you'll get to move through the world in the way God intended you to, created you to. It only comes through Jesus. But listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, we need to stop talking. We need to tame our tongues. We need to ask ourselves, am I actually helping or hurting this situation? Because Jesus said it this way, speaking about our words. This is Matthew chapter 15, verse 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth, they come from the heart and they defile a person. Wow. So whatever comes out of your mouth, it begins in your heart. And what's in your heart is what really defiles a person. So the problem isn't necessarily our words. The problem is our heart. But when our hearts are wrong, 
it's better to not say something than it is to say something and wish we hadn't. So we all need to say, even right now, because I realize even in sharing this, the amount of times my words get me in trouble, is it's innumerable. You know, I always like to say that I've always had a big mouth and, and, and when God called me to be a pastor, I used to get to talk about his word, but I still say all sorts of things. I'm like, ah, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, why did I open my mouth about that? I, I walk away. I probably repent every day a hundred times over something that's fallen out of my mouth, right? But here's the deal. The key for each one of us is that we are fighting that battle because God's kids should be fighting that battle, right? If you're God's child, you should be hearing this and saying, okay, Lord, where do you want to tame my tongue? Maybe it's with your spouse. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's with that neighbor you don't like very much. I'm here to tell you, nobody comes to know Jesus by people putting people on blast on social media. That's my great, it's one of the things that is breaking my heart the most right now as I watch all the ways our culture is polarized, all the way people are polarized and I'm watching people attack people and you watch Christians attack Christians and you're just like, hello, like Jesus prayed for the unity among the brethren. God hates someone who's divisive. The book of Titus chapter three talks about that. You should literally reject a divisive person and we're watching the church be completely divided up over all these things. And then you just come to the book of James and you're like, actually, I should be trying to tame my tongue. Just because I feel it doesn't mean I should say it. Just because you're hot under the collar over insert whatever your personal passionate thing is does not mean we're supposed to walk in it. It actually shows a lack of self-control, which shows us walking in the flesh, which shows us living contrary to the very purposes and plans of Jesus. And what's amazing is, is for me, as I watch my own life, I watch what's going on in our culture, I watch what's going on in the people of God. As I see all this, I say to myself, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, will you do a work of renewal in us? Do a work of revival in us. Lord, it's your goodness that leads to repentance, not raging at people, not calling people names. And what's amazing is, is remember I said earlier that the problem with when you're out of control is, Everybody else knows it, but you don't know it. Right now, I want to encourage you to ask someone close to you saying, hey, am am I out of control with all this stuff right now? Am I walking with a tamed tongue right now? Am I choosing to use my words to set on fire? I'm, I'm I'm causing issues. I'm driving people away from Jesus. And I guarantee you, if you ask the people close to you that question and you don't tongue lash them when you get the answer, They'll tell you what's going on. I'm grateful for my bride. Show us, she's like, oh, Daniel, that hurt. You shouldn't have said that. Or what you're saying is true, but you can't say it that way. That was truth without love. And I'm so grateful for the accountability because I see what's going on. I'm like, oh, I want my tongue to be tamed. I want my life to be under the power of the spirit. I want my life to be hemmed in by the spirit of God. Now, I don't want to be the way I've always been or the way that our culture is. I want to be like Jesus. And when we're like Jesus, then we're salt, then we're light. So the tongue needs to be tamed. It must be tamed. Why? Like what it says next, James chapter three, verse nine. With it, speaking of our tongues, we bless our God and father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? 
Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Now, here's where we are. Really, the tongue should be intentionally deployed. This is really what we're getting to. The tongue should be intentionally deployed. What that means is our words should be used sparingly, but very intentionally. We should deploy our words down a specific road. And what is that road? It's it's to use our words to build up. It's to use our words to bless. It's to use our words to help people, not to hurt them. Because look what he says. And I mean, this is super convicting. He says, verse nine, with our tongues, we bless our God and Father And with the same tongue, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. So James is getting at the inconsistency of a believer's ability to both praise God and tear somebody down at the same time because the person they're tearing down has been created in the image and likeness of God. So James is saying that, listen, if you praise God with your mouth, you shouldn't Tear other people down, curse other people with the same mouth. Why? Because that person, it's, it's, it's like you're living divided. And then he uses very natural examples from the world. He says, listen, does a spring send forth fresh water and salt water from the same opening? And you know what the answer to that is? No, it's either a freshwater spring or it's a saltwater spring. In the same way, can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? No, a fig tree bears figs, an olive branch bears olives, a grapevine bears grapes and figs, a fig tree bears figs. No spring yields both salt water and fresh water. Okay, take a minute and think about that. Because what James is saying in verse 10 is this. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. And then he says, My brethren, these things ought not be so. Boom. That's like a mic drop, right? He's saying, if you want to praise God with your mouth, and if you're shouting people down, talking people down, calling them names, James is saying, bro, this is not the way it's supposed to be. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And in a lot of ways, This is the great tragedy of the cultural moment that we live in because for a lot of believers, this is exactly what they do. They're like, I love the Lord and I hate everyone who votes differently from me. I call people names. I do all this stuff. And then there's all these people who are like, no, no, it's justified. It's like, no, no, James says it ought not to be so. And your friends who think it's justified, they're not speaking the Bible to you because it ought not to be so that we can praise God and curse somebody else. So brothers and sisters, listen, we need to get this thing under control. We need to say, Lord, if I'm going to use my mouth to bless you, then I'm also going to choose to use my mouth to bless other people, not curse them. And here's what I want you to do. For some of you right now, you need to go home and you need to delete everything on your Facebook page. I I triple dog dare you in the name of Jesus. Just delete it all because you know what you're doing. All those comments you got to delete those. And here's another thing. If you've been banned from, some, from somebody's page or unfriended, it's probably because you're failing at this. Like, I, I, was, I was just reading something. So I was like, oh, I got banned. You know, look, I'm so cool. I'm like, no, actually, that just means you're not like Jesus. If you're going to get banned from a page, it should be because you're telling people about Jesus, not because they have to ban you because you're being awful. Because my brother, these things ought not to be so. 
And of course, Jesus said it this way. Right down the same line. James is practically quoting Jesus. Matthew chapter 12, verse 35. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil things. So, so as I bring this to a close, listen. What we realize is that it starts in the heart, it comes out of the mouth. Right? The tongue is small, but it's powerful. Right? And because it's small and it's powerful, we need to tame it. But no person can tame it. But when we allow, when we believe in Jesus, Jesus forgives us of our sins and he takes up residence in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And then God does heart surgery on us so that we choose to use our mouth not for cursing, but for blessing. Not for tearing down, but for building up. We say, I'm going to bless God. And because I bless God, I'm not going to curse another person because they're created in the image and likeness of God, although they're fatally flawed. And although I don't agree with them, I'm going to choose not to do that because there's actually a more excellent way to live where I can come alongside them and reason with them, talk with them, be kind to them. When it says that you don't curse them, it doesn't mean that you just agree with everything, but your whole heart in interfacing with them is completely different. And what I believe that God wants to do in all of us is this is the type of message that reminds me how much I need Jesus. How much I need Jesus. Because what I want to tell you is no matter how awful your words are, no matter how much cursing you've done, no matter how much carnage your words have left behind you, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, one, you will be totally forgiven for all the mistakes you have ever made, but then God will do a work of transformation as Jesus indwells our hearts by the Holy Spirit to do heart surgery so that we want different things to come out of our life. And I realize all of us are on different steps of the journey, but when I hear a message like this, when I share a message like this, I come back to, I absolutely need Jesus because I have hurt people with my words and I have a great capacity to be untamed in my speech. And at the same time, I come back and saying, Lord, I need to depend on you more in the moments of my life day in and day out, because Lord, I want my words to be intentionally deployed to be a blessing. I want my words to be leveraged in such a way that God is glorified in me being salt and light and the gospel runs forth. So the very people who I would normally bicker with or fight with or or get into it with, those are the people who I want to join on the journey to see them come to know Jesus so that as God is doing a work in them and doing a work in me, we're all getting transformed. And guess what happens? Then all of a sudden God's kingdom takes hold in people's lives and in our community and in our world. So I think when we look at how out of control words can be, it brings us back to we need Jesus as much today as on the day that we said yes to him for the first time. And if you're a follower of Jesus, listen, don't be the person to whom James says, my brethren, these things ought not to be so. Because he's talking to the church. My brethren, my brothers and sisters, this is not how it's supposed to be. And if you're in that category, listen, you just got to turn to the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I hear it. I get, I'm convicted. And then, Lord, how do you want to adjust my life? How do you want to tame my tongue? Jesus is real. You've probably seen the Greek masks with the two faces, one half happy, the other half sad. Well, today, Pastor Daniel shared that we can all be two-faced with our words. The things we say can go from sweet to hateful so fast that we give people whiplash. But God wants you to live a different way. He wants your words to be intentionally aimed to bless others. Ask Him for His help. 
will join you in fighting your problem areas so that you can be a vehicle for His love to the world. Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page, JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the Stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Take a look at the clock and come back again next time when Pastor Daniel continues in this series called Sticks and Stones, all about your words and how they matter. He'll take a look at how what you say relates to the spiritual gifts and the church. You'll learn about the gifts of prophecy and tongues, why they're important, and their role in how a healthy church functions. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.